All right, we're back here. WSQF, the Blink Radio, 94.5 FM. Burn Texas Soggy Bacon in the Kitchen with Frankie and the FIU Freaks. How you guys yep. doing? I'm here. Good to have you. Good to be back, Frankie. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Jules is a, is a new guest. The new guest. Go ahead, Jules. So, uh, Julian, uh, better known by most people as Jules, uh, graduated from FIU 2007, been involved with these guys for, I don't know, last Oof, 10, forever. 11 years, <laughs> while now. Yeah. Um, Big believer in FIU, not just the athletic program, but the university. And, uh, you know, think that it means a lot to the community and want to see its profile continue to improve and grow uh, and, and want everyone to really embrace it. Mm-hmm. So do you still work with FIU? Like, do you do anything over there? Are you involved over there? So I am involved in the Alumni Association mm-hmm. with these guys. I okay. uh, do not work for FIU. I've had one brief consulting gig many moons ago. Okay. Uh, but I am part of the international aspect of what makes the city of Miami an international city, which is working in finance. Mm-hmm. So. Right. All right. Well, and, cool. And I'm one of the veterans, Eddie Ondal, uh, uh, the, uh, one of the fellow freaks along with Julian. Jules and I have been friends for a long time, along with the, the groups of other fanatics, FIU fans, that, that, that list keeps on growing every day. It used to be a time that I was the only one screaming at the top of the mountain, but <laughs> I ain't screaming alone anymore, and there's a lot no, of reason no, to no. scream now. And it's good to have uh, their strength in numbers. It's good to have no, that number are, continue. And things are going the right way for you guys I now. tell you. I tell you. I mean, at least with the football team. I, football, I don't really keep up with the I, school, look, to be Basketball. Our basketball team is the best record they've ever started off with, yeah, so they're yeah. doing well. The basketball team I read was doing well. Yeah, baseball re- should be very good. Uh, um, I would hope baseball that Baseball team's usually Usually, usually very good. solid. Throughout the history of the program, has always been very, very good. We've always been in the shadows of the people down the street. But this year, I think... Um, it's about time we start earning our own limelight, and you'll, right. I think you'll see it in the baseball team this year a lot. I feel like that's FIU's like I feel like that that's FIU's like like personal goal okay, right. is like be more popular than UM. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. Like get, if get anything, bigger be, than at UM. least like, be mentioned. Let's be yeah, mentioned. Exactly. Like get, like get in the a. same conversation as you right. in yeah. basketball and baseball and yeah. football. Like let's get in the same conversation. Yeah, yeah, and I know yeah. like we can actually start there if you want. I know that's something that was announced. I heard it yesterday, but I think it was made official today mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. that the UM FIU game was going to be played at Marlins Park. Right, right. Yes. And and there's a lot of different opinions on that. I I happen to fall on the opinion they should be played at the cage. I think one of the things I look at is to distinguish a facility. You know, hey, uh, Fenway's not that big either. Yeah, I don't see no, anyone here running true. away, and everyone wants to visit Fenway. Right. Um, FIU Stadium may only hold twenty five thousand, but it, but I think for it to develop its identity and, and have alumni come back on campus, it'd be great to have that game there. I think having it at Martin's Park. So uh, I th- am I going to be there? Yeah, I'm going to go. Not a problem. But I would have much rather have I it. I think at it's the a cage. cool venue too. It's neutral to me and is antiseptic to me, so, but I'll be there. I'm going to be there, and, right, I, of course, and hopefully I mean. they do FIU. It, you know, put it all pantherized it out. It's supposed to be our home game. I would have much right, rather been why. on campus. Uh, if we're fortunate enough, if we win that game, it would have been awesome to already be on campus to celebrate right. that yeah, victory. Yeah, it would be have exciting. been wild. Uh, now we would have to leave Martin's Park and go celebrate elsewhere. Uh, that type of stuff. I just. For me, I mean, I just my two cents. Right. I would have rather had that. But I feel like and, that's something that came in the contract in probably. in, in, I, I, in I, setting these games up exactly. is that UM was like, okay, we're we're in, but yeah. we're not playing in the cage. Yeah, and yeah. FIU's like, well, I mean, because remember, those two two or three years ago yeah. when these were set up, yeah. FIU's still way on the bottom. Right, right. As right, far right. as because like now you look around, and and I'll get to that in a second, but like FIU's on the bottom in these conversations, so they're like, fine, 
we'll figure something out for right. our home game. Right, right, right I got no. And but, now you're an FIU fan. You turn around. And you're like, well, wait a second. We're like basically as good as you. It yeah, feels exactly. like. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, two yeah. and zero in bowl games in the last two years. Yeah, you guys yeah. have like two more yeah, wins than yeah, us, and yeah, you yeah. almost went. Well, this you, year we we were nine. We were nine and four. They were what seven, seven and six. Seven and seven and six. six. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we were two games above them at this point. But and I just think that eventually. Okay, if it happens to have happen in Marlin Stadium this year, the next home site's got to be at the cage. Okay, enough right. of this, you know, neutrals. I don't want to have it at the cage. I don't, I don't, you know, I just want to make sure we get our lungs back on campus. A win, campus a win awesome. gives you leverage. Now, exactly. Now, now, I happen to think a little bit differently. You're right, Jules is different. Um, I, I take, I, I come of the from the from the uh, the school of thought that when you're presented with an opportunity to face a more notable foe. You take that right. opportunity, and if it means going to their backyard like we did last year, if it means fighting in a neutral, playing in a neutral site, say fighting, sorry, boxing, <laughs> background, boxing, background, <laughs> if it means playing in a neutral site um, like we have to do this upcoming season, all I care about is getting the win. Right. You know, I look at um, when UM went to play against FAU at, at their home, mm-hmm. and there right. were more UM fans than FAU fans. Definitely. And the last thing I would want is to play a game at the cage and have a bunch of UM fans there. 15,000 seats and be out, outnumbered at our home. If yeah, I, I can agree. That's yeah. actually a great point. I didn't really think of that. But if we're outnumbered at a neutral site, that is what it is. Yeah, it's that's neutral. As long and as we, it's two Miami teams, so yeah. you're almost expecting to be outnumbered. Yeah, and as long as we win, that's all that really matters. I mean, I look at the situation right now with UCF where UCF talks about how they want to have national recognition outside of playing one New Year's Six game a year. And they were presented with an opportunity to play against UF, which over the last, let's say, 10 years has been the marquee program in this state. They've won two national titles. Yeah. They're in the SEC, which is the most respected conference in yeah, college football. Yeah, since 2008, 2009, they're, they're, they're definitely the marquee. And and UCF had an opportunity to play them, a two-for-one, two games at, at, at Florida, Griffin, and one game at uh, uh, Camping World Stadium, which is in Orlando, right. which is in Orlando. It's not like they. Have it's to just not there. It's, it's just not... not their home, and they elected to not play there because there's forty five thousand seats at at you know Bright House Networks. There's sixty five thousand at Camping World. Florida's going to bring at least. Florida's going to bring the SEC house. Yeah. The SEC travels way too well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's what there's ninety thousand seats, ninety five thousand yeah. seats of the swamp. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's the biggest re- place I've ever been. Yeah, you couldn't realistically expect them to not draw. And UCF said, no, if it's not at Bright House, we don't want to play. And then, rightfully so, everyone's deriding them. You're obviously not serious about being seen right. as a true national title contender if you're presented with an opportunity to play an to SEC make team, strengthen the schedule better, and you abdicate. And you Instead, you're playing Stanford, which was a 500 Pac-12 team. Mm-hmm. No, the best team on their schedule this year was Cincinnati. Well, I mean, sorry, but next year I think they're playing Stanford. Stanford. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, and, I think I heard that Stanford too. Stanford was has not been good for a few years ever since Luck disappeared. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he yeah, took, I he mean, took it with them. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, they That's were true. all right with McCaffrey that year. With, no, with they, they, they had one good year. Yeah, but, were, but they haven't been. They have no. They haven't been, been that team, that marquee team since right. since and, Andrew right. Luck. And the Pac-12 is not the most is nowhere close to the most respected conference. I think they're the in for me like out of the the Big Five conferences like the Power Five. I think they're the least respected. I, I make right. a joke all the time. The Pac-12 isn't real football because no, I'm always talking about like gambling and stuff. I'm like SEC, USC, uh, Stanford, USC. Like, stay away from that. It's not real football yeah. because <laughs> because the Pac-12 is so bizarre. You never know what's gonna happen. I, they don't play football the same. Everything's strange. It's just not. It's it's not a good conference. No, it's not. Um, and, and, and look, the Pac-12 and the ACC, Sands, Clemson, are the two least respected 
Power yeah, five, yeah. Power five conference. The only thing the ACC has going for them is Clemson. Yeah, I, and Clemson, let's be honest, academically and geographically, really should be in the SEC. Right. right. Um, no, absolutely. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, you, you, you know, like switch Vanderbilt out or something, give them over to the ACC. They better fit the ACC's academic. No, and then bottom. the ACC's terrible if you switch Clemson out with Vanderbilt. Um, but really, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things where. They had an opportunity to play a more respected foe. Instead, they're playing like the Maryland's of the world and the Stanford's. And yeah. Come on. If that's who you're going to play as a power five mm-hmm. conference opponent, then you're not respected. We're taking on an opponent that, while their record has not been fantastic over the last decade, is a respected name in college football. Absolutely. And that win means more than playing some team that's not in your state, that's not a rival for recruits, Absolutely. and that no one takes seriously. Absolutely. No, I think playing, especially, and you mentioned it, uh, the rival for recruits. Down here, South Florida is like such a hotbed already of 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 high school talent in football that, especially with a guy like Butch Davis, like you guys have, recruiting in South Florida is so important. And if Miami just takes a stranglehold of that, it's it it hurts FIU's football program. But if FIU can go ahead and win a game or two. And 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 put that on their resume. That's a whole. That's a whole different pitch. The whole speech changes. Absolutely. In those kids' living rooms. Absolutely. The whole speech changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's only one group of five school in the state of Florida that's played against a Florida-based Power Five and won. And I think that was USF under Jim Levitt. I don't think right. a single right. other group of five school in the state has beat a Power Five. I know. No. Uh, right. Yeah. That's right. Well. You, in, this, in, in the state. Right, UCF has. But not in the state. Not in the no, state. Yeah. USF did. USF beat Miami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. US, yeah. No, oh, yeah, USF did. He's saying yeah, not outside, like... Outside oh, of USF. Because I was going to say UCF that. beat Auburn, but that out of yeah, the yeah. state. Yeah, no... no. Oh, in the yeah, state. In I got you. Right. I say the actual yeah. game in the state. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, and USF also beat Florida State, too. There was that yes, year. Yes. That's right. They mm-hmm. beat Florida so you, aside from USF under Jim Lowe. That was that right? USF like run year. USF, they were like number two in the nation in that country, year. And then they fell apart. Right. We, they yeah. played West about, Virginia that yeah, year. Yeah, they yeah. played a lot of big They were schools a one-point ranked second in the nation. My dad went to USF. Right. Go right. And we played, we played, FIU football. played, uh, I think under Cristobal's first or second year, played USF when USF was top 10 ranked. Played them close. In the, in the, in the cage. And we lost like 17-9. It was a nip and tuck game yeah. all the way to the end. So no, I remember that USF team. You know who was on that team? Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, exactly. He Jason got injured Pierre in Paul our game. Jason Pierre-Paul was on that team. Yes, he got injured in our game. I remember. He started playing. I remember because I remember from that season. He started playing football like when he was like 15. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something like yeah. that. He had like three years of college, of high school football experience before he ended up being, he's like an NFL Pro Bowler now. Pro Bowler, uh, and he shouldn't play around with fireworks. That's the only yeah, thing exactly. that, That's really the his two downfall things we know is, about is him. the distractions <laughs> yeah, from don't, fireworks. Don't, don't play with fireworks. But um, so I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of think I, I I understand. I like 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 I'm more on your school of thought about the FIU UM game. Well, it's let's like, see, I don't let's really... see if some of the freaks call in and give their opinion. If you don't, it's very varied among our the group. the call in number by the way is three zero five three six five seven 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 seven. If you guys didn't have that, um, I just like I like the idea of like you know what like these people don't want to come and play in our house like whatever we'll play wherever you guys want. The point the real point here is winning. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, and I also liked what you said that like the last thing you want is to go to the cage and be outnumbered by UM fans. So for that, like if we're gonna be outnumbered at the cage, we might be outnumbered at Marlins Park, we might be outnumbered at Hard Rock. Like let's just go play and let's try and win. Who cares what the numbers are? Let's just go try and win. Doesn't matter if it's a home game or a neutral site or whatever. And it's still in Miami. It's not like it's the end of the world. It's not like you have to go to Jacksonville for no. I mean for the look, neutral at, site. At the end of the day, um, up until his last, I was once again going back to boxing. Up until his last few fights. 
Floyd Mayweather was pretty much the B-side of every fight. B-side, as terms of who had the most fan support, he still made more money than the people he was fighting. Right. But was the B-side in most every one of his fights. He had to fight, you know, in front of hostile crowds. And guess what? He won and he won. Yeah, he kept winning and winning and winning. And And eventually, people have to begrudgingly respect you. Yeah, yeah, without um, a, they don't have a choice. And mm-hmm. that's one of those things. I'd rather... And then before they know it, they like you because no one likes being, like, upset about liking someone. Yeah, no. So eventually they get over the upsetness and then they're like, wow, am I an FIU fan? And they mm-hmm. don't even know it. And, and that's they're, the they're looking at their U, I'm sure. Well, and that's the thing. Look, you know, you know, <laughs> oh, you'll, you'll don't have, get me into that one. You know, it's one of those things where don't whine, just show up, win, and you'll get the conversation to see change. Exactly. And look, there are people that grew up rooting for UM that have no affiliation with either school and they'll have that in that they may have that affiliation with the University of Miami because it says Miami in the name. Right. That you know? I, I can imagine that. Here we go. Here we, Here we go. go. Here we go. Hey, what's your name and where you from? Frank Frank. How are you doing, Maddie? Uh, how are you, man? How, how, how's everything? Good, man. I got I'm here with the FIU freaks. Oh, nice. Nice. We got shot about. Uh, what do you, what do you what do you what do you got for me? No, I just want to talk a little NFL playoffs. Um, what do you got? What, what do you got? Let's what see. Talk? I, well, I wanted to thank you for your your college uh, basketball bets last night. Very successful. Two I had two. some good picks. And and I just wanted to ask you, well, what's your uh, go to bet for the weekend? I like oh, Patriots plus oh. three. I like Patriots plus three, and I like Saints minus three. Saints minus three and Patriots plus three. You're going with uh, Tom Brady in the Arctic. Uh, I always trust Tom Brady in January. It's unbelievable. I hate the guy, but I know, I'm going to trust know, him in January. I, I don't want to see him in the Super Bowl, man. God! I, don't see him I, I can't imagine he's good, we don't. He's good at football. I know. He's good at football. He's good at football. <laughs> he's good at life. Are you kidding me? Look at the wife he's married to. Are you kidding me? He's he good at life. her and she stayed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And Frank, as, as uh, someone who's a very anti-Tom Brady, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, is he hands down the greatest ever do it? You got to give it to him, man. I, I think I feel like yeah. I feel you like have to. I, I'm not a fan either, but you. I'm I, just waiting for someone to beat him. Honestly, oh, like now it's just please. the clock. The clock is on for someone to get better than him. But I mean, isn't he technically already there? He's already he's won gotta more be. championships got, yeah. than anyone else. Yeah, I, I feel like even if he never wins another Super Bowl, he's he's, he's definitely what? in the argument. He's, he's five and three, five. right? He's five and three mm-hmm. five, in yeah. Super Bowls. Eight, eight Super Bowls. Come eight on. Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, eight Come Super Bowl appearances. Five titles. More than anyone else. Yeah, I saw uh, they did this take on on one of the FS1 sports shows yesterday of what's more impressive, LeBron straight eight final straight uh, eight final straight or Brady. I, this is Brady's eighth straight conference championship. Brady, that's mind blowing. Brady, Brady. Brady's, Brady's, Brady's done it with the too. same team, different types of team. He's adjusted. And the NFL is way more parity. Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. Tons more. I mean, the exactly. NBA is is all, is very lacking in parity. The the NFL is so has so much. So much different stuff happens every year. Right. There's so many different teams involved every year, and Tom Brady's been one of them in right. the conversation eight yeah. years in a row. I yeah. think it's way and, too impressive. I mean, more personnel yeah. you yeah. have to it, juggle. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and you, yeah, you can't just go out there and buy a team. At the end of the day, LeBron, except for when he was with the Heat, where Arison, you know, has has done a good job of trying to keep the team within the salary within the salary cap space without right. having to go into bonus. Yep. I mean when he was over at, at Cleveland, he had the second highest payroll in the NBA every year he was there. Right. And the players he wanted. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He's always had to chase the the I'm talking about LeBron. He's had to chase his way to, to other teams and 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 position himself to continue that run while Brady has done it with the players given to him. 
whether it be Randy Moss throwing it deep or dumping it off to Wes Welker and Edelman and all these other guys three yards at a time, he gets it done either way. And that's the other thing. I mean, at at the end of the day... Tom Brady is winning championships with five foot ten white guys. That's true. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like a like a bunch of them. Yeah, exactly. A bunch of them. Exactly. And that, that's literally the that is that is the Patriots offense. It's the five foot ten white guy shell right. game. Even the guy, even the guy with the last name White, had what fifteen receptions last week. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It, it's literally a receiver core made up of a bunch of guys built like me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I, I honestly, uh, another point too. I think the uh, this is totally off topic, but. I think the Dolphins are going to regret firing Gase and letting the Jets get him because really? I think the Jets are about to build something really, really big. God. Now they have Greg Williams, who I think the Browns let off way too easily. I don't even know what warranted his firing. Right? He brought. He was, I think the team was like five and two with him. I don't think he got fired. I think he him. said he said he wouldn't be defensive coordinator. He only wanted to be head coach. Yeah, and I don't understand why they didn't keep him as head coach. You know, for me, it didn't make much sense. I thought he did a great job as an interim head coach, but now you're bringing, uh, you know, Greg Williams, who that that Browns de- defense really turned around towards the end of the year. Yeah, you know, they they did. They were playing really. They good. did a lot of good drafting too, though. Yeah, they did a lot of great drafting, and but, but he was able to put him in, in, into place, right? I think that Jets defense could have, you know, close to maybe not as much, but you know, close to as much talent. I've got Browns defense, and uh, you know the Dolphins. Uh, I want Frankie. I haven't actually talked to you about that. What, what are your thoughts on the new coach and what direction they're trying to go in this whole rebuild philosophy? I, I have no. I have really no problem with that. I don't. I don't. Know how you guys I, I, I don't I, I, no. I mean, the, the we, Dolphins, I, I felt we needed a change. I think Adam Gates had run his course as exactly. quickly as it was here. I mean, when Adam Gates got fired, I was happy, yep. and then it, like a week went by, and I was like, was that? Because uh, my big thing was that Adam Gates lost the locker room. Yeah, I, which I is think, yeah, like I at that point your job's over. Like, no. it, it's not like bringing him back would have been. I do. I think he's gonna be like in the next two years. Who's gonna be more successful, Adam Gase or Brian Flores? It's gonna be Adam Gase. I, I could almost guarantee to be Adam Gase. He's also getting the perfect situation, like the perfect opportunity for him with the rookie quarterback or with the second year quarterback, the young team. It could work out really well for him. I mean, I don't. I'm not guaranteeing it will, but it, it could work out really well for another him. A, a young team with a high draft pick coming up. And, yeah, and so. and the quarterback he's inheriting is someone who's played quarterback his entire career. Right, was more pro ready coming out. And the, the truth is this: the Dolphins made Tannehill a franchise quarterback off of what was ultimately one pretty mediocre season. We yeah. invested like, a lot of money into him and. We put ourselves in a position where we could not go out there and get someone that was more pro-ready, someone like a Sam Darnold or a Josh Rosen, to to move this team forward. And we're you know we're suffering for that. The Dolphins have a lot more problems than just a head coach. And, and that's a great point because if you look at the biggest mistakes NFL teams make and how it hurts your franchise for years to come, is making someone a franchise quarterback who's not that guy. And that's what we do with Tanhill. And now I think you're going to see. Uh, the Jaguars go through a rebuild because they did it with Bortles. I think you're going to see the Vikings go through a rebuild because they did it with Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins is proving not to be that guy. Case Keenum, you know, and uh, I think for Washington with whoever is currently the quarterback over there. I mean, I'm okay with losing until we can get Trevor Lawrence. I I don't have that much time. I don't have enough time to to go for Trevor Lawrence, but one thing that I do think about about this draft is I don't want to go get a quarterback that we have to go work on. Like, that we have to, like, a Daniel Jones. Like, I don't want Daniel Jones. Me neither. Me neither. Or there's another one who I who I don't like either. Like, if we, honestly, if we can't get Kyler Murray or maybe Dwayne Haskins, I'm I'm good on getting a quarterback in the first round. 
I'd much rather get a good O-lineman or a good D-lineman or someone for the secondary to play with Minka and and, and get rid of Xavier Howard, get rid of and, – and really, like, pile on draft picks for 2020. Yeah, I think if we draft Kyler Murray and he knows he needs to go play for the Dolphins, he's just going to go back to the A's because that would be, like, the worst situation for him ever. Do we get a mulligan then? The linebacker and the head coach, like, no offensive direction. You know, it would, well, you Jim know, Caldwell looks like he's going to be an offensive coordinator. Not bad. Oh, that, that, that could be pretty cool. But uh, I think with, with the thing with Gates is he came to Miami, made all of his mistakes as a first-time head coach, got it all out of his system, and now he's going to go into a way better situation with the Jets. No, as long as he doesn't act arrogant like he did in Miami and he actually acts like he learned from his mistakes. We I hope. Think, we I, I think we he only can, hope. I think he could be a, like I think he can be a really solid head coach. I think he's very good. Well, you know they always say there's six degree separation on everything. You know that one of the reasons we even have Tannehill, there's an FIU connection to that. Really? In 2010, oh, yeah. we played <laughs> Texas A&M. They had a quarterback named Gerard Johnson, who was at the beginning of the season being touted as a possible Heisman Trophy candidate. Right. We played him and we intercepted him like three, four times, including a pick six, and we sacked him like five times. He was horrible, horrible. Really? When we after that game, they they snuck out a victory and beat us in the last second, twenty seven twenty. Talent took over. As a matter of fact, after that game, they benched this guy and they started a guy named Tannehill, who was a receiver. No. The rest, yeah, well, I knew he was the rest before. is history, and it started with a game against FIU in two thousand ten. Go figure. Yeah. Go figure. And now we have him. Maddie, you spent some time at FIU, right? What's up? You spent some time at FIU, right? I spent some time at FIU, yeah. I was actually just on the phone with FIU. No? Nice, yeah. bro. Trying to, get, trying to get out of one of these classes so I could uh, come back and call you and uh, hype up Gates. Nice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maddie. Well, thanks for calling, man. Okay, thanks for calling. Good talking to you. Thank All you. right. All right, so um, it's true. I, I don't. I, I you know. I w- I am not missing Adam Gase. I'm I'm glad he left. He. I agree with you. He lost a locker room. He, he lost, lost the locker, locker room. room. He lost the locker room, and, and essentially, I mean, from everything I've read and heard, it was essentially like a mutual divorce between him and Stephen Ross. Yeah, yeah. I if agree. you have a problem with the owner and you have a problem with the locker room and the GM's not really getting along with you, and then after all of that, you also want full power of the fifty-three man roster. Like this is never going to work, dude. No. So no. I, I think there was a lot Gase could have done. I yep. think he could have saved his own job. Mm-hmm. He just needed to give on uh, give up on Tannehill faster. Right. right. I think he was married or at to least my... a big thing right. that I think. Because I think this is what happened was Tannehill has his second knee surgery mm-hmm. last year, or in 2017. That's when, in 2018 draft, you go out and you draft a quarterback. Right, right. You yeah. draft Lamar Jackson this year, and then you give up on Tannehill and put Lamar Jackson on right. in that starting roster. Right. Even if you don't make the playoffs, even if you go 9-7 and seven and miss mm-hmm. the playoffs, mm-hmm. Gase doesn't lose his job. Now, uh, uh, I, I don't think he does anyways. Is Murray's available at the Dolphin pick? Do you take him? I take him. There's a chance he will be. I take him. I take There's him. There's a chance he will be. You take him, Jules? You know, I, I'm iffy on that. I, if he I, goes to football, so if he, remember, I, he can play I, baseball. I, he's still, he only has 24 hours left yeah. to to pull out of the NFL draft. Okay. I, I generally do not like spread option quarterbacks in the NFL. We have seen some success. You know, like Cam Newton's right. been very successful. Right. Baker Mayfield had a good year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Baker Mayfield having a good year is... <laughs> translates to is, Murray. Is, is, is going to translate to Murray. I don't know if he's going to continue to have a good career. Right. So... I'm not sold it, on Baker yeah, Mayfield either. If I'm looking at, I don't really want a five foot ten quarterback. I like the prototype. the The two guys that I liked the most coming out of the draft last year were Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. Rosen. And I liked Rosen more than Darnold because mm. he's a little headier. Right. Um, which you want an intellectual quarterback. You know, yeah. Peyton yeah. Manning, Tom Brady. He's got a bad attitude though. Mm-hmm. 
He, he, his atti- the, the issue with his attitudes, he's got interests outside of football. Right. Uh, God forbid someone has interests outside of a sport. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, um, I mean, I've, I'm with you. But <laughs> now, let me ask you something. Not on my team. No, let me ask you something. Kling, uh, what's, a, what's a new coach? Kingsbury. The guy that Kingsbury, I, yeah. Kingsbury, right? He has the first pick of the draft. He was raving about Murray. Remember, he's he was still Rosen. Texas Tech at that time. Right, okay. He was still, so that's like way before he was ever in like even talking to Arizona. Right, right. He said that if he had the first pick of the draft, he would sign Kyler Murray no matter what. Okay. So then people started raising rumors right, like is right. he going to cut Rosen or trade Rosen trade, and then and then get Kyler Murray first pick. I mean they I have, they have no O-line. So they can get Kyler Murray and then They have Kyler no D-line Murray, either. They have then, so many and problems. And Kyler Murray will be dead, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. They have so many issues. I would definitely keep Rosen just hold on. I mean hopefully Rosen works out. I I felt I, like out of those four rookie quarterbacks, he was the one that was the most lackluster to me. Yeah, or I mean, the, the five, I guess. The biggest problem for the biggest problem for Rosen is that he's a pocket passer. He's a very good pocket passer. He is a, he's on a team that cannot sustain a pocket. Right, which which gives him obviously more trouble than most people, especially because when you look at the other ones, Josh Allen is a running like he can take off. He can get it. He can get into space. Yeah, he's big. He's he's, he's got big. Mobility. Lamar Jackson also has mobility. It, Good evasive tactic, yeah. all of that. So them, like, they don't really need that pocket mm-hmm. that that Rosen necessarily needs. Darnold, I think, does need that pocket Darnold also. Does need the pocket. He got destroyed, and and Baker's like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, just a little smaller. But Darnold has the same pro- had the same problem as Rosen. That's why I think you look at it and you're like, yeah, Darnold and Rosen were the worst two. When in fact, I feel like they might be the best two. I don't know. There's a lot of argument for whether or not Allen was up there. If you're looking at them in the mold of like a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady, uh, quarterbacks that are generally more successful over the long haul. I mean, that's that that that's who they are. No, yeah, that's who you want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The spread option quarterbacks really don't last very long in the NFL. It's like a flash in the pan. They may have a year or two of success. Like Lamar Jackson may be successful the next few years, but he's also a twig. Yeah. So also, what's the ceiling? What's the Kareem. ceiling on on a on a on a spread option quarterback? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, are you going to be as good as Cam Newton? Right. Michael Vick is that like the best yeah. possible thing? And you even can Michael get to? Vick yeah. injured him. Yeah, he eventually Cam, injured himself out of a job. I mean, exactly. Outside yeah. of the dogfighting, he injured himself out of a yeah. job. He lost what made him special was his running ability with, with a great Griffin. arm. Exactly. I yeah, mean, he right? told you he had two, oh, well, two he, ligament tears, and that's it. Right? Now you're not mobile. Yeah. That's the bad case scenario. That's like the worst case scenario on a spread option quarterback is you end up like Robert Griffin. Yeah. Because then you just end up Look, the backup that, to someone else. The, the and, speed, the speed level, the NFL is incredible. I, I remember an interesting mm-hmm. story. You know, we're talking about FIU. T.Y. Hilton came back to FIU after his, I think, rookie year or so, uh, for for a game or something. He came back, and I remember talking to him. He's telling me that his his NFL wake up moment was in his preseason, where you know, in the in, in the NCAA, when he got a lead on someone, he could pretty much coast, and he knew no one in college was going to catch. Very yeah. few people in college was going to catch. No one's up coming up behind him, right? And he remembers that in a preseason game, he got open on something and, and got a lead on something. And when he turned around, yeah, he had a lead on this guy, but he saw like a 240-pound linebacker closing in on him. And he realized, oh, God, I got to I gotta elevate this. I have to this. take off right I got to take <laughs> off that. This would, and he realized that was his NFL wake-up moment, right. that a 240-plus-pound linebacker was closing in fast, and he had never seen that type of speed in right. a human being that big. Yeah, and yeah he exactly. realized, okay, wow, that's a difference. So that's mm-hmm. what they talk about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. big guys in the NFL, if you're 240 pounds, 250 pounds, you're flying. You'll, you'll you're run flying. a 4 five, five, No, four, yeah, four, yeah. yeah, a lot. 
lot of those guys are running four five. Four seven is like very slow for oh, a yeah, lot yeah, of those yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Four seven's like really fast. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, for I me, know. for like the layperson, like four seven <laughs> is would give really fast. Four, seven. No, I mean look, you 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 look at at the defensive lineman, a defensive end or a tight end um, in the NFL will be that four seven guy, mm-hmm. and they're enormous. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> I, I I absolutely agree, but um. So yeah, the so the Dolphins have the 13th pick. So this is what I wanted to say was um if you look at the draft board, right. There's a lot of people who need quarterbacks before us. So Arizona Cardinals don't, San Francisco 49ers don't, Jets don't, Raiders don't. The Bucks might 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 the Giants do. They need they need some sort yeah. of stability. Will they keep that plan. one more year or jettison him on a trade and bring in a new guy? I mean, who takes no, who takes no, Eli? no one's taking Eli Manning. Manning yeah. So, all right, all right, all right. you got to let Eli stay there. But you, what you don't want, and I was, I was saying this earlier, was I think one of Adam Gates' biggest mistakes was Ryan Tannehill goes and gets that second knee surgery. You should have drafted a contingency plan for Ryan Tannehill. Right, right. There should have been an insurance policy mm-hmm. like for Ryan Tannehill. Or bitter pill and take Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> it's something, but there should have been some sort of backup plan. And I think that's what the Giants, that's what the Jaguars, and that's what maybe Tampa Bay might end up doing. Is they might take that that in draft backup plan. So you have those three are all in the top ten, and then also the Denver Broncos, and the Washington Redskins. Where are they? No, they're fifteen, so they're after us. But they need a quarterback too. Denver Broncos need to go get a quarterback too. So we're gonna we're going behind potentially four teams that need a quarterback. Well, you heard you heard the one theory they were saying somebody in the ESPN that. It might have been uh, what's the guy that uh, the guy uh, that that know, that's all the NFL guy. He claimed that FIU, I mean FIU, the Dolphins may um, may tank it, not tr- on purpose, but to get the batch of quarterbacks that are coming out the following year. Right, I heard that too. So I I talked about this yesterday. Was but... it Schlereck? No, one of those guys from I'm, ESPN. I'm, I'm okay with that. Oh. <laughs> so tanking is, I feel like no, no, tanking is a concept that's confusing to people. I already lived through a one in fifteen year. My, God. it doesn't like. But the thing is, like, it's not like it's not like Brian Flores has to walk in the locker room and be like, yo. Kenyon, like, only give me 70% out there. Like, guys, like, linebacker core, like, take it easy today. Just try and don't get, just do your best to not get injured. Let, let's just all work on not getting injured. If we come out of this game healthy, it's a win for us. Guys, get out there. Woo! Like, I don't think that's how, like, I know that's not how tanking works. Tanking comes out of the front office. And if you see all the, if you see Greer and Ross and all these guys cut, if we end up getting rid of Tannehill, if we end up getting rid of uh, Xavier Howard, if we end up getting rid of Rashad Jones, Getting rid of Dante Parker, getting just stockpiling on draft picks. Mm-hmm. What the Raiders did this year, mm-hmm. getting rid of Khalil Mack, getting rid of Amari Cooper, like that is tanking. Right. That's how tanking really right, works. Exactly. Is and and a lot of times, and I almost believe Gruden. I don't love John Gruden very much, but I almost believe him when he made the comment that he's like, I I like I couldn't do anything about it mm-hmm. when they traded Amari Cooper. He apparently had gone in, told his team that no one was getting traded. And then a day later, Amari Cooper got traded, and they were like, "Yo, it's good." And he's like, "There's nothing I could do about it." And I believe that he's end up he ends up getting put into into a corner when they're like, "Okay, well, you're here for nine more years, so you can quit or you can get draft picks for next year and figure this out next year because it's not going to happen this year." I mean, and, we're, getting, and getting, we're done with Cooper. He's getting a hundred million dollars. I, I don't yeah, feel, I don't feel so bad for him. Yeah, no, yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> and scrutiny for seventeen weeks, it could be worse. Yeah, you're you're making Tim. Well, my it's funny because we were watching the. Uh, we were watching the Bears game when Cody Parkey missed the field goal. Mm. And whatever, my girlfriend was like, oh, my God, I'm so sad for him. She, like, looked him up on Google to find out who he was. My mom felt terrible. All these people felt terrible. I'm like, dude, he's going to get home. 
He's going to check his bank account. Right. And he's going to be like, this is fine. Let's plan a vacation. It's the off season. Summer started early. Absolutely. Let's plan a vacation. I'm rich. Absolutely. I make over a million dollars a year. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, here, my my FIU emotions takes over again. Right. James Morgan has another, maybe, let's say this year he threw, what, he was 25 and 5, 25 TDs, 26, five, 26, 26 and, five. and 5. The 5 okay. interceptions is a really impressive part there. I mean, the 5 to 1 right, ratio is right. great. So, let's say this year, last year, remember, last year, he's a grad transfer. He goes another 26 and 5 type year, maybe right. 30 and 7 or okay. something. Uh, and the Dolphins don't go one in fifteen; they're going six and ten, okay. where they or, got the or, ni- or stuck in you know stuck in five hundred purgatory. Right, right, which right. is where we've been for like exactly. eight years. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they have still a lot of holes to fill in. Do you use a second or third round draft pick on a local guy like Morgan, do you, or or third round draft pick like Morgan to start building for your future and see, or do you just jettison everything and go for? Uh, Throw all the marbles in to get a top pick quarterback. I think. First round. I think if we don't get a quarterback this year in the first round, it ha- unless you get some miracle, I don't know what could happen. Like unless Brock Osweiler ends up being like a god, or right. I don't know what we do right. next year. Right. But unless something crazy happens that mm-hmm. has never happened to me in my right. whole life as a Dolphins fan, I think you have to go in twenty twenty and get a quarterback get a top in the first round. You yeah. need to get a Tua, Justin Herbert, uh, you know, a, a Jacob Fromm, someone right. like that. You have to go get a You'll big have, name you have quarterback. A pick. You have a selection. Yeah, I mean, look. At the end of the day, um, as especially in a quarterback class that's so good. Like yeah, next year's gonna be great. I'd, I'd like to see one of our own be on the Dolphins and yeah. do well there. Yeah. I I think it'd be hard unless he had. And off the charts. If, if there's a UCF season and he lights up Miami, lights up Tulane, gets a Power Five school on a New Year's Day bowl and lights them up, there's the only way he would get that type of attention. Yeah, that's the yeah. only way. That's the only way. He'd have to show like some real breakout talent. I mean, I think he has a big year, like he did this year, another one, and now he'll have a couple of years on his belt. And NFL teams will see him as a as a yeah, definitely look, as, a, as an he, option. He is an option in the same way he's, that he's a, he's a six five. He's a big right, guy. No, no, no. He has he a has side. A, he, he has a body. Gun. Yeah, yeah he, he's look, got a gun. He's an option the same way that Magoo was. Right. Uh, by the way, Magoo got picked up by the Jaguars. You hear that? Yesterday. I saw it. Yesterday. I saw it. And with a better I read arm. That. Right, a better arm uh, than Magoo. You know, it's one of those things where look, if he's still around there in the fourth round, in the team fifth round, team needs a quarterback, you take him. But there's still a psychological hurdle. To cross when it comes to looking at picking him up, and right. I, I think that's ultimately going to play against him. But people can get drafted out of our school, particularly when you're looking at right. skill position players, receivers, right. linebackers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, corners, safeties. We've shown we can produce those. I still think that from the standpoint of a lot of professional teams, there is a stigma, unfortunately, right. attached to. To quarterbacks from group of five schools, right? That's what happens. I mean, there there are quarterbacks who come out of smaller schools that you see go. I mean, not necessarily go early, but go right. and and be good. I mean, I'm pretty sure Joe Flacco went to Delaware. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Bortles jo- was the UCF guy. Yeah, Bortles yeah. went to UCF. Josh Allen went to Wyoming. Yeah. So there there are guys who come yeah, out of these yeah. smaller oh, the, 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 schools. The, uh, yeah, bu- yeah, the Buffalo yeah. Bill guy. Yeah, Allen did come out of Wyoming. Yeah, Wyoming. He went to Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he also can throw a football. Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State or he South did. Dakota State. No, no, yeah, it's true. No, there, have, there have been a few. I mean, in, in, in Josh Allen's case, he can throw a football through a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He has and, a, and, he has... and then he makes us look, he made our defense look 
like we were on concrete shoes. I, I just could not get over a big guy running around our big no, guys. No, he has like a bizarre he gun. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, and he's, I, I, he's a lot more athletic than I thought he was. I, I yeah. don't, I don't think I've seen an arm um, that strong on a quarterback since. Who was the guy from LSU national championship that went oh, to Oh my God! Uh, oh yes, the, the bus, yeah, like yeah. The, the biggest the big bus, bus in NFL history. Yeah, yeah. Huge, Jamarcus, huge Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, Jamarcus, Jamarcus Russell, Russell. Right. So, I mean, who could throw like a hundred yards on his knees? Yeah, right, exactly. He was like amazing. So yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. Allen. But then he got addicted to pills, I think. Yeah, yeah, or something. yeah. And food. And yeah. food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just he lost himself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he found and he found Golden Corral or something. Yeah, exactly. He got he got big. He got huge. He's an offensive tackle now. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. No, he's a large dude now. But um, all right. So I just got this notification on my phone. Uh, how Jalen Hurts will be the ultimate test of Lincoln Riley's praise Oklahoma system. Think, so think what do you think? So I know you texted me on Monday. Well, I, I te- before it happened, I told Jalen you why, because there was a rumor that he was UM. right. There was a rumor he was coming to UM. I said, why would you go there when you have a chance to go to OU, which the guy that was going to back up. Uh, their quarterback decides to transfer and go into the tr- in the protocol in the transfer protocol. Right. So the only two guys they have left are young freshman type guys that are unproven. Your last two QBs have won the Heisman. Right. You have been a guy that at one point before uh, Tua took over his job was seen as one of those Heisman types. Exactly. You're going to go into a system that has a coach that has already coached the last two. Why would you go to a pro- this program that went seven and six? When you can go to something really relevant like OU, who's been in the mix for the last couple of years, and be right back in the in the in the big screen, like he's going to be at Oklahoma. Why? I really thought the so for me the only reason I thought he had any, I thought there was any way that he ends up coming to UM or to Maryland was Dan Enos and Mike Lockesley. Right. I felt like he went and he had. I mean, he was twenty six and two with right. those two guys right. helping him out. He ended up losing his job to Tua, who was, I mean, I think it's clear even to him, more right, talented right. than him. Absolutely. And then he went, he goes and follows a guy that he knows because he only has one year left and he wants to get some kind of NFL looks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Lincoln Riley, you don't really have to know him for him to make you better. So that shouldn't be the end of the world for Jalen Hurts. He'll right. probably survive with Lincoln Riley. Right. Even though they don't know each other on like a personal level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I didn't think the, the move was bad. And then obviously last night when I saw Tate Martell came down is coming down here. He like decided to come down here, and so he has one year. He has one year. He has to wait for his year of like he has to take right, one yeah, year off right, in eligibility. Right, yeah. right, right. But apparently he's trying to get out of that. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that he has one year, he has to take off. I was like, maybe they somehow get Jalen Hurts in there one year, right? And then they have Tate Martell go. But it seems like such a like too good to be true story for a seven and six school. Right, right, right. Even though they're UM, and I know there's a big name, and I know you know that that's great and everything. But they were seven and six this year, and they've lost to Wisconsin in two bowl games in a row. Right, right. So I think at the end of the day, you're not you're not jumping you're not jumping out of the plane to get on the UM football team right. if you're Jalen no, Hurts. I, I mean, look, UM has a big name, but Oklahoma has a big name, Alabama has a big name, Ohio State, has, a lot of teams that have big names. Right. And, no, and in the case of uh, the case of programs like like Alabama and Oklahoma, not only are they you know and it, not only are they more competitive now, in fact, they are competitive. So that's for starters. But they're more storied programs. I mean, it, it is what it is. They're right. they're bigger programs with more money, significantly more money. I mean, I think UM's budget is eighty nine million dollars. I think Alabama is one hundred seventy five million. Yeah. Don't know what Oklahoma's is offhand, but probably north of one hundred fifty. Yeah. Right. No, um, I would think so. You know, and it's one of those things where you're going in, you're going to be relevant. Now, do I think he's going to win a national championship in Oklahoma? No, because no, they don't I mean, play defense, so it doesn't really matter. 
Me neither. Um, they had the worst red zone defense in the NCAA. Yeah, yeah they're they're terrible. Um, I, and and as much as they say we got disrespected, well, you guys ultimately lost again, right? Against a team that plays D, and you can't, right? Um, and but, a team that got smoked a, w- a week later. So it's not like Alabama looked great yeah. the week after, and they and I no, mean <laughs> they, they they did not. Um, I would make the argument that was a very unsaving like game. You had a lot of personal fouls and just no, weird right. play calling. It very out of character for a team that usually plays very controlled football. Um, but I agree. look, you know the the guy the guy who was going over to Miami Tate. It, this is someone that very obviously did not want to fight for the starting job at Ohio State, right? Which to me speaks to having a low character. I mean, that was your job to win, right? right. And right. you just abdicated it, right. which is crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with a program that is competitive now, right? right. Um, it's true. And the other thing is this is like these he's one of these guys like Kellen Mond who came from There IMG. could have been an issue with Ryan Day too. Maybe. Um but it was his job to lose. Right. But the thing is this. This is a guy who comes from Bishop Gorman. You know, IMG Academy is the the East Coast version of Bishop Gorman. Bishop Gorman's in Las Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. You look at a guy like Kellen Same Mond. place as Brevin Jordan, right? Yeah. You look at a guy like Kellen Mond who was a great quarterback at IMG has been right. a good, not great quarterback at Texas A&M. And the thing is this, you look at a guy who plays at Bishop Gorman, in the case of Tate, won a bunch of awards at Bishop Gorman, but Bishop right. Gorman is the best team in their state. It's like Centennial in Arizona. They play right. one other good team all year at home. Right. You know, give me a, and I'm not saying he's not a five-star player, but mm-hmm. I am saying that sure. he had the most talented receiver core in yeah. the entire state, he's surrounded the by most talent. talented. No, yeah, he's never. It's state. never been hard for him. So it's never been hard for him. So I, you know, I question how he does when he has to actually play against players that are of comparable quality. I think you saw I the think same. It's, it's so, fair. You saw the same issue with Kellen Mond. You look at Trevor Lawrence. I, Somebody's calling in. <laughs> Let's see who we got. Hey, what's your name and where you from? This is Alberto. Calling Alberto's in. calling oh, in. Alberto calling how are we doing? In. Wow, he's in traffic. <laughs> Frankie! How you doing, man? Man, on the quiet, lonely streets of Miami, man. You know, what traffic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, any, in any event, Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you so much, man. Um, you know, I don't know where you find yourself in the conversation, but last time I saw you, we were on suicide watch coming off of the FAU game. <laughs> yeah. And now we're flying. Now we're flying high coming oh, yeah. off of the bowl game. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, from from your standpoint, I always value your opinion, Frankie. Um, especially since you're sort of like an insider outsider guy. Right. What what in your your take and narrative as you're sort of going around town um, relative to FIU football, the season that was. Ending on the high note. What's what's your what's your read? What's your temperature uh, on the mood out there relative to FIU football? So, to be honest, so when it happened, I think I was actually here. I think I was watching it in the studio, and I, whatever I saw FIU win, and it was it was a great win. And I think Toledo's a, a way better team than people make them out to be. I agree. I thought Toledo was a great opponent for you guys to get, and, won and the, the way last year, well, and, yeah. and the way you guys won, I thought was very impressive. Without our starting quarterback, but then when the <laughs> UM game ended. Is when it hit me, and I said it to you earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. I said that you know now, if you're an FIU fan, you're looking around, and you're being like, "Wait a second, are we as good as them?" Right. And exactly. I think that that that's really at the end of the season, seeing how UM finished out, and I mean, really just played the whole way through the season, 
And then, except like those first five or six games where they had lost to LSU and then they won a few in a row and mm-hmm. then they lost like four straight. Right. UM was a train wreck and FIU had a few bumps and bruises here but never was a full train wreck for like right. three, four weeks in a row. Right. Then you go win your second bowl game in a row. UM loses yeah. their second bowl game in a row to the same team. And I think now you're if you're in Miami and you went to FIU and let's say you grew up a UM fan, you're looking around like, no, maybe I'm gonna buy an FIU polo or something. Maybe I'm gonna go to a few more games next year. Like, maybe you know, maybe that, maybe those are gonna start being the games to go to. I can't wait to see FIU schedule. Like now, you're asking more questions. Right, 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 yeah. right. right. And I think you're way more excited and curious for next season than the UM fan, who's really more excited and curious to see if their season, if their next season can be saved. Right. FIU is kind of looking forward. Like I can't wait to start playing. Yet. Yeah, there's momentum. Yeah, yeah. there's momentum. And there's momentum and there's like trust. Yeah. With FIU right now. Well, uh, two things, and, and Albert and, and Jules can speak to this. Obviously, we know, we've always known, that Butch Davis can recruit. Right. But now we were just talking, Albert, right before you were talking, we were talking about the Jalen Hurts transfer to Oklahoma. Why is it a much better move, an easy decision to make over playing at UM? So we were talking about, yeah. uh, we were talking about these transfers. What little has been known in, until yesterday, the Herald wrote a story that Larry Bluestein, Larry Bluestein, who's one of these you know legendary yeah, yeah, talent evaluators from high guy. school, said yeah. what was this, what was the comment that he made that that he that is Butch was, Davis is hitting it on, is, on, is, on it, hitting it on all, all players, cylinders or blowing it out yeah. of the water. He is recruiting his nuts, including no, he's been outstanding, including four Power Five guys that are coming to FIU. A couple may have to sit out a year, but a couple may be able to play right well, away, and there may be more to come from what we hear. Right. I mean, it is just a momentum FIU has built that is lights out and crazy as to the possibilities of what a special season it could be next year. Yeah, I mean, you look at at, at, at an area that may have been some concern going into next season, uh, the secondary is still developing, and, mm-hmm. and, and we now have... A guy from a, Iowa. The guy from Iowa who could that. very well get a hardship waiver and play right. immediately. Yeah. Uh, we have a linebacker from Arkansas, very well get... Hardship waiver, play immediately. The running back's going to have to sit out, but then we have, you know, uh, the guy from ASA College, right. um, a, a can, start of an offensive lineman. Yep. And, and look, if there's if there's one thing that Butch has been great at, it's been finding talent. Some of it undiscovered. Um, you know, you look at a guy. I think like 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 Ty Danzi was one of the guys he got. I think Julius Pierce is the other one. Right. Right. Uh, right. You know, people that can that can grow into a position. People that have. Just pure athletic ability that once you teach them the fundamentals and how to play football well, and that's another they thing. He's a, great, he's a great coach. Yes. Yeah. So he can yes. kind of find raw talent and make something out mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Coach him up. Better than most people. Yeah. Or better than a lot of coaches. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it's like you know, uh, I think UNC put out something. We saw that that, right. that thing that UNC put out. Really incredible. Where they were saying that they've sent 35 players to the NFL over the last decade or so. Right. Right. Um, which you know, good for them. Yeah. yeah. But if you look, I don't know what the total numbers. You look at just the defensive linemen that Butch Davis has sent to the NFL as draft picks. I think it was as first or second round draft picks. 14. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's, really... And a a total resume of like 100 and something players that he sent to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, you're a high school kid and you have Bush Davis in your living room, right? And there's there's now continuity. He's going on his third year. No, You've for got sure. two bowl games in a row. You've got all this noise about these guys coming over. The kid from Central, their top running back, could have gone to other schools, but no, he signs with FIU. Kind of like opening the eyes of some people. Whoa, that guy went to FIU. So now right. you no, start no, no, creating that 
that that theory of keeping all this incredible talent in Florida to now where before in, back in the day there's big three to go to Florida Florida State Miami right now there are choices no now there's a lot of choices a lot of yeah. choices so but so. no I, I Alberto to answer to finish answering your question I really I like like the conversation that's going on about FIU right now where it's more like FIU sitting here excited and like trusting what's going on and what's going to happen next year whereas um like yeah you could be excited about dan enos you could be excited about manny diaz you could be excited about all those guys but like there's it's a it's a full it's an unknown there's a, there's a full tornado oh, going on right now yeah exactly you have hey. no idea what's going to go on you you mm-hmm. have no idea how manny diaz is going to be as a head coach you don't know how dan enos is going to be an offensive coordinator you don't know how jeff thomas is going to come back playing you don't know how tate martell if he's even going to play next year, how he's going to fit into this offense. There's so many unknowns and so many worries. And to be honest, the recruiting hasn't been great. And Manny Diaz hasn't been said to be an outstanding recruiter anyways. Right. So there's unknowns and worry with UM. And with FIU, yep. there's excitement and trust. I yeah. just think the story is seems really good. Yep. yep. And then there's a big question. Like, I look at someone like a Dan Enos, and you have to ask yourself the question. When people were saying that he was most likely to become the next offensive coordinator at Alabama, there's no way you turn down the Alabama job for the Miami job. Right. There's no way. No way. He so, knew he wasn't going to be so, that. So why didn't he become OC? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, if I were in the And, and we got James Alabama. Morgan coming back at 100%. You got a stable of running backs, which Four are the— deep. We're so deep at running back. If one guy's tired, you got another workhorse coming in that you're going to have to deal with. Um, oh, it's just it's just a lot of excitement coming up. The receivers, uh, everything that's happening on defensive on the defensive side. The one part we um, we probably could have used more help on, not talent wise, but I think coaching and they've made some changes was on the defensive side. Yeah, defensive I, line. We have a new coach, um, uh, so, so we're hoping he utilizes the talent that FIU has there right. to really make a difference and dominate the conference and do something special next year. Right. What do you think, Al? So, guys, yeah. Yeah, um, if I can just chime in on doing something special next year, I want to, like, frame something and ask a question. The frame is as follows. We've never been in the situation, and I believe this is coming up the 17th year, Eddie? Yep. Of FIU football? Yep, yep. Okay, so never in our history have we been up in a moment where UM is down. Right, right. Sure. So when we were up during the T.Y. years, they were up too, yeah. right? Yeah. And so now, looking into next year, maybe, maybe, just looking at the calendar, looking at the schedule, looking at where the programs find themselves in terms of continuity and momentum, next season may be the first season, you know, building off of this one, where we can do something special in a year where UM may not be at full strength. Right. I definitely agree. I agree. Yeah, no, that's that's certainly possible. Yep. Yep. I if definitely we would agree. To, if we were if we were to land that signature win in a year where they're noticeably down, does that take away from the win in terms of impact well, to our That's a good question. That's a good question. I to be honest, I may maybe on a national scale it does. But I don't think right. on a local scale it does at all. I think everybody's still, no matter, UM could lose every game this season, and there's still more UM fans than FIU fans. Just because right. of how many people grew up as UM fans, grew up in UM families. I mean, they've been playing football right. since 1926. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. going to be more UM fans. But so, no matter how down they are, and I don't think they're going to lose every game this season. So, 
I, I think at least on a local level, it's still the a huge move in FIU's football life beating UM for the first time. I think I think it's still I don't think UM being down takes anything away from it on a local level. On a national level, maybe. Because on a national level, you might have people saying, yeah, well, UM lost FIU, but UM's been terrible all year, and FIU's been cranking it up for, for the conference that they're in. They'll have a good chance of their conference championship. And that and then the, and then they'll brush it off. As opposed to if UM was ranked number 18 and FIU beat them, that's a different story. Now right. FIU just beat a top 25 ranked team, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do think that on a local level, I don't think it changed. I don't think it takes anything away from it. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, once again, it's it's the fact that besides USF, not a single group of five school in the state of Florida has beat a Florida Power Five school. Right, so and, you almost and, make history, too. And, 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 you know, so to join USF in that conversation, mm-hmm. I think it's important. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, beyond that, as much as we talk about, you know, beating UM and, and, and us vis-a-vis UM, a big part of it is just getting people to recognize that we are a good product and that we're doing oh, well. Absolutely. Right. And, and and I, you know, look, I try not to think about them regularly. Mm-hmm. Right. They're they're in their world, we're in our world. Right. Our our goal is to be like UCF. And right. UCF has a thirty has a, a 25, 30 year head start on us mm-hmm. in football. Right. Right. So really it's look, it's a process. It's you get into contention for the conference championship. You start winning conference championships. You start beating Power Five schools, and then eventually, you may get to that point where you're playing in a New Year's Six, right? Or you know, to, right. to, to no, use definitely. an old BCS Buster. But this is a process. I think Butch understands that process. He's built teams before, mm-hmm. and right now, what we're doing is we're building. Right. Right. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people in Miami. Right. That have this sort of like instant gratification. Why aren't you know? Oh well, we won't root for you if you're not a champion. Right. Okay. Unfortunately, you, know, you have a lot know, of that. And, and, well, and, that's how Miami works, though. Yeah, but you're you're right. Right. that's how it works in professional sports yeah. too. But you yeah. know, it, 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 the crazy thing about that is this: when people and just say like the associations of you know old Miami versus new Miami. Right. When people look at, I root for the University of Miami. I have no affiliation with either school. That's starting with that premise. That's right. If I root for the University of Miami, because oh well, they have five national titles and they've competed for. Whatever, right, whatever, exactly, whatever. You know, okay, fine. Um, old Miami, I root for the winner. Okay, FIU, I root for the builder. I always look at FIU as a, something that, you know, we've shied away from before, but the international aspect of it. When people talk about Miami today, mm-hmm. they don't talk about Thug This or Miami Vice. That They talk about Miami as an international city, right. global gateway. We're no, a cent- absolutely. We're yeah. a center of commerce, a center of culture. FIU... The international part of that embraces the fact that this is a global city. It is right. the only global city in the state of Florida. Right. It is one of the most important global cities in the entire country. Mm-hmm. And how did we get there? We didn't get there overnight. We built it. Right. Exactly. No. No. We, no, need, I... we need to have a. We need to have a. You know, we've been having these improving years, and it's fun. It's a blast. As a guy who's been there when there wasn't football, as an alum. In the 80s, when you said FIU football, was usually followed by April Fools because there was right. no thought of no, ever was, having a football yeah, team. Yeah, it wasn't a thing. You know, it wasn't a thing. To come to a point where I'm having a discussion on radio, on a podcast about FIU, uh, possibly New Year's Six Bowl, I, it's mind blowing. It's what, true. I mean, now, even as a super fan, like to be able to have right. that conversation it, it's, is. To me, it's mind blowing. So, yeah. what he needs to happen is I'm already on the reality of this is happening. There's a lot of alums in this community 
who are, you know, Albert and I have studied this, uh, uh, these lost alums where there's a potential. Right. Uh, we talk about beating the folks down, down the street. Let's say we beat them. If we beat them, I've called it a paradigm shift in the in this community. I, that I mean, happens. It is an awakening moment for a lot of grads who are in this fog of, yeah, this team won a lot in the past, and I went to this school, and they something seems to be happening there, and we beat this team, and the media has to report it. No, yeah, And it becomes exactly. a story. It getting Suddenly about... that fog may be clear and go, wait a minute. Now wait Butch minute. Davis is on 790 instead of Manny Diaz every right. morning. Exactly. Every Monday morning. Exactly. And, you know, exactly. things things start to change. It's true. And, it, and it, it, you know, it's not going to happen all in one day. But it right. starts no. starts with the alumni. starts with the media outlets. And now they want to have a guy from FIU on every every Monday or every Thursday now, instead of the guy from UM or along with the guy from UM, now there's right. a guy, an FIU segment. Right, right. And, and and little by little, people start hearing more about them. And before you know it, FIU is in the same conversations as UM on a regular basis. Right. No, no, perfect. So that, we, that needs to happen. That needs to happen. We can't lay an egg. Let's say you can't beat Miami and go five and seven the rest no, of the yeah. year. Okay, agreed. Yeah. It's got to be. That'll take away from it. By the way, it's got to be going up to Tulane on August 29th and beating their asses. Excuse my French. No, yeah, yeah. Beating them. And then, okay, wow. Oh, they went to a, they beat an AAC team. Tulane. Right. They may not be a powerhouse, but you know that school. No, yeah. You know, exactly. it's you know of that school. Yeah. You come here and go, oh, wow. FIU starts the season on a Thursday night. On, and it's going to be on one of the ESPNs, I heard. So that's yeah, why they're I'm making sure. it 30, Thursday night to start of football, college football, right. 2019. Oh, wow. FIU beat Tulane. Well, that's interesting. We go around, we beat the other non-conference schools, play. You uh, you start conference play and you start making a run. You you know, let's go. You go up to FAU and beat them too. And right. now you're saying, no, which, wait a which, minute. Now which, there's no Which we need to do this year. Right. We have to. Right. Yeah, I mean, and somebody brought up in the freeze chat that if you get to the UM game on on November 23rd, which I have issues with that, by the way, I would have much rather played them early when they're still settling in. Okay, yeah, I get you. And but 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 then again, somebody brought I mean, up you're in a the, week away from rivalry weekend, so I think right. that, I mean, so I'm sure some of that went into that. But there's a possibility that you go into the UM game and we're 10 and 0, right? That's the record we were saying. That that's the 11th game nine, of the season. 9 and 0. 9 and 0. Let's say if that were to happen. So you're, you're, not going, see, you're not seeing a loss on the schedule. Well, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying if, something if, special. If, we talk if, about a special right, season. Right, right. You're going into this game, this landmark game, possibly at Marlin Stadium, which I'm still not happy with. But I, I have to, I have to, I have to put that in. I've got, I've got to, I've got to watch it there. Fine. Right. You go into that game nine and zero, and make a statement, and beat that team on those hollowed grounds. Absolutely. Man, it has to be a paradigm shift in this community. You agree with me, Jules? I mean, I definitely look. I. And Albert, I, I asked you the same. I, I think it's the thing I was like, every now and then you'll have a conversation with someone that went to FIU and they find some reason why they can't root for FIU, some reason why they instead right, decide no, to root absolutely. for Miami. And I, more than anything, that is inferiority complex. Because when you're sitting there saying, oh, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like... I feel like it's always I grew yeah. up a Kane fan. I, 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 yeah, well, Please. I've, I've heard things from like... I grew oh, up a Sesame well, Street fan. I don't watch it anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, Come yeah. on. No, but it, it's, it's stuff like this. I, I hear people say, oh, well, you know, I, I don't like that FIU tore down part of the nature preserve to build practice Come fields. Come on. Meanwhile, you know, UM clear-cut tons of, of, of nature preserve land to build houses for professors and for Donna Shalala. So, like, that's okay. But this little <laughs> tiny, you know... Curtilage. No, 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 no. That's no, too far. Um, 
You know, they'll find something. It's like the fact that the that the U that UM defrauded the. That United was really States. specific. I feel like you've actually got. <laughs> I know. That I've, one. I've had you've that. You've had that one. I've had life, that one right? come up. Jules has history with us. He can tell you. I've had thing. that one come up. Oh, they tore down part of the nature preserve. No one goes there. It's not a nature preserve. There's no right, water. Right. Right. It's just some right, trees. Right. There are right. more trees in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right in the middle so, of campus, we have a nature preserve. We can never build on that land. Really? Right in the middle, and they they set paths. They're, they're, there are definitely paths that set you in there. Fraternities have done some wild stuff in there at times. Right, right. You know, I don't but know how many the, acres. This is not like, you know, when they re, when they build FGCU, where FGCU, they set up, you know, it's a 700-acre campus, 300-acre right. campus, and by law, they set aside half the campus for a nature preserve. You go to FGCU, that's a nature preserve. Right. I mean, that's 400 acres of just nature. I think nature. Nor- northern Florida... Yeah, like they, uh, so, so some of the newer NFU schools, is, they did that. Yeah. UCF has a nature preserve in the middle where, where there's a walkway. Preserve. You walk through the middle. I remember when I did a tour of UCF, they also have a nature preserve somewhere in the middle. So, But you're right. I mean, they, you can get hung up on that alone and not yeah, be I a mean, fan I mean, because I mean, of that. Come I mean, on. people find reasons to, to root against their own alma mater. And look, at the end of the day, it's an inferiority complex. And if, if they can see that their alma mater can hang with the school that has been held as the gold standard for South Florida then, yes, that begins to change the conversation. Agree. I absolutely agree. So what do you think, Al? Well, I'm five minutes away, man, so I need you guys to come open the door here in a few minutes. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Sounds All good. right, okay. Well, there may be other freaks trying to call in, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I have a, a UCF-based question that I, that, I, that I want to get the panel's reaction to. Okay. If, I, if I can shift in that Go ahead. direction and, and away from UM, is that okay? That's, yeah, that sounds right. like a plan. Yeah. So, so, so there's been, there was debate about should we or should we not be rooting for UCF no. in this last in, in this last bowl season um, when when they were obviously you know top ten and, and everything else. And so half half of the audience of, of our buddies, the freaks, were saying yes, they they carry the flag for power for group of five, right, and it continue to apply the pressure. To expand the playoffs so that there's a path down the road for the rest of the group of five. Mm-hmm. Then the other camp was saying, that's all well and good, but we shouldn't root for them because they're an in-state competitor. In recruits. This would be okay if they, if this was outside of the state, but we're actually like Boise State. against right, our right. own self-interest. And so I thought that that was an interesting tension it between was. those points of views. What's the reaction? Well, I'll tell you this, my, and I think Jules and I will differ in this as well. I was carrying the UCF flag, and I want him to beat LSU for the reason stated, the G5 uh, representation of power that were not to be ignored type stuff. So I agreed with that. I saw the other point. I know that Jules and, and Ramon had the issue of having um, – to compete with recruits, and if they beat LSU, we fall behind them on that recruiting path. I saw that point of view as well. But, man, I, I love the fact, even, by the way, they lost, but they weren't embarrassed. It was 42 uh, to 30. It was 40 to 32. Okay? They weren't, they did not embarrass themselves. They did well. Not having their star quarterback lost for the season and having a guy who had not played a lot be their starting quarterback. Um, so, at the end of the day, we they did not win. It wasn't an embarrassment. I, I do think they ended up ranked high, right? Their final ranking. Yeah, this, I, I don't think Were I they still that. a top 10 team? Or they no, dropped it? They, they dropped. To, but like 11, yeah. 12 maybe? I, I, don't I wonder. Know. I, don't, I, don't I don't know. know for sure. But I, uh, I would have rather them win. I know Jules has a different point of view. Yeah, Jules, so, so, you got so it. My, my, my point of view is, is, is very different. So, uh, for starters, they did... 
they did look like they 11. performed admirably. But eleven, it, they were at eleven. But if, if you know, if you look, they were never really in that game. And I understand the argument that they didn't have Mackenzie Milton; they had a backup. But LSU was missing nine players from their defense, including their entire cornerback two deep. So they were playing mm-hmm. with like third and fourth stringers. So I I am of the belief, and maybe this is this is you know a little bit of a bias because when I was in high school, I played on the defensive side of the ball. But I am of the belief that nine defensive players are more valuable than one quarterback, especially since defenses win championships, except for Trevor Lawrence. Um, <laughs> but, you know, look, at the end of the day, UCF is an in-state rival. They are a true in-state rival. We've played them, mm-hmm. and, and we've done okay against them. Yeah, we them. beat them twice. Um, you know, I think that we compete against them for recruits. I do not want them to have leverage over us when it comes to, or any more leverage over us when it comes to competing for recruits. And the other thing is this, they have not held themselves out there in such a way that makes them as respectable as a Boise State or a TCU, TCU eventually getting invited to the Big 12, where they went out there and they played ranked teams in their backyard during the regular season to get that respect to become BCS busters, Mm -hmm. and then played, you know, top teams and really beat them when the BCS meant something. As opposed to playing, you know, a New Year's Six game against a team like Auburn that probably wasn't that motivated. Right. So I would, right. I, if they carry themselves like Boise State and TCU did before TCU became a Power Five school, where it was, you know what, we will play you anywhere so long as we get yeah, respect. We just, exactly. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But UCF, they're demanding, and for what? They haven't achieved enough to be demanding yet. I, I can agree with that. Yeah. I mean, so I where I understand the 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 recruits story the, I think that the big issue here is like it's all good and well for US, UCF to be carrying that group of five flag but you don't want them to run away with the flag and then they're the only ones who get to carry it yeah you want to also be you know be able to get the recruits be able to be good enough to be able to represent the group five as FIU or you know as other teams too they also have the same argument that you guys have with UCF and whether or not you should root for them FAU has the same thing all these right. Right. You know, they're, they're also looking for those recruits. And whereas it's nice that they represent the group of five and that's all good and well, you don't want them to be the only people allowed to carry the flag. But realistically, mm-hmm. do you think they represent the group of five as well as Boise State and TCU did back during the BCS system? So, and it's funny that you brought this up. So I, I, I love the I love what you said about TCU and, and Boise State and the difference between them because TCU ended up getting invited to into a power five, yeah. yeah. Car, right, right. And I think that the big, the I mean, the big point that you make, and as much as, it's hard to compare two teams 10 years ago and now because you forget about 10 years ago. It, you know, yeah, it was cool that Boise State and TCU played all these good teams, but you forget about that. And now you see UCF there and you 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 want it. Whether or not you want, like, I don't want the college football playoffs to ever be bigger than four teams, mm-hmm. ever. But when it's about UCF, I want it to be eight so they can get in because right, I love right, seeing the right. underdog succeed. Right. I, it's an exciting story just in it itself. But when you look at it on paper, like the way you just laid it out for me, is like, no, I don't respect T- uh, UCF nearly as much as I respect TCU and Boise State of old because of what you just said is UCF sitting here making demands, you know, putting up a banner flag, giving their players rings because they were number one in the nation, but they won't even go play UF in Orlando. Yeah. They won't split the UF game two to one because they feel somehow they've earned more than UF has. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas TCU, like you said, and TCU ended up getting paid off for it and ended up getting yeah. invited to the Big 12. 
And I'm they surprised. They get $20 million a year for it now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. Boise State hasn't been invited I'm, into I'm the surprised Pac-12 too. or something. I mean, it's I'm, Boise, I wonder it's why. market. It's, it's no, got to yeah, be. It's got to be. That is why TCU's be. in Houston. So yeah. it, it helps. You know, that, that, that makes them a bigger market team. Right, right. But... Boise State's still willing to go play you in your backyard. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah, still, still willing to make a name for them. They'd yeah. love San for you Diego to come State, play out there. Way. I mean, yeah. Yeah. They'd love for you to come and, play And by the way, and Boise State now has a name. Notice that Absolutely. we all know Boise State well. Absolutely. I've seen that blue field. I've been on that blue 100%. field. 100%. Yeah. They, they yeah. absolutely have a name for themselves now, and it's because they went and, go to, and went and played big teams like Ohio State and like other teams in their backyard. They went and they played against risk. them. They took that risk. No, absolutely. And they did, I think Boise State, if I remember... Boise State did it against a lot of uh, against a lot of Pac-12 teams. Yeah. So I mean, look, that's fine. If and but, and that got them to win recruiting battles against Pac-12 teams. I'll get them. All right. Yeah. So Alberto's coming in now. But no, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that, and I think that's one thing about oh about TCU and Boise State that definitely sets them apart, and I think it's something it's easy to forget about. What's good, man? Look at that. How you doing? We got Alberto here. You made it. How you doing? Good. So I've been dying to ask this. Did so? Did you go to the Bahamas? Yes. Oh, we'll talk about. We both there. Right. So I was. I I was. I was pretty sure he was there because I thought I'd remember seeing the Instagrams. (laughs) And I wanted to ask. So so tell me about. Tell me about that experience. I mean, I've been to every FIU bowl game since the first one in 2010. So I've been to all. So now now is a tradition. And by the way, uh, so has my son David. And, right. and Danny, uh, who's at Penn State, who, go, who uh, at the moment that we got a bowl bid, called me, goes, where's the bowl game and when are we going? So right. he may be a Penn State student, he loves the Nittany Lions, but he's also a Panther. Right. Um, so we were there. It was a great experience. It was uh, very, everything was well done. At the, We stayed at the Atlantis. Uh, the That's beautiful nice. thing about that. So the is players were staying there too. I heard players yeah. were there. Same Toledo and FIU players oh, were all there. Cool. So it was kind of interesting to see them walk around, and there were competitions and different things. Um, I will say this: I was very worried about the game when we lost Morgan because right. last year we lost Magoo in the third play of the game, and it was a disaster. Sure, sure. We lost to Temple, but this year. We lose more. We lose Morgan before the game, and we were apoplectic. I was like, "Oh my god! I can, <laughs> how can we beat a good Toledo team right. that was a, what the tenth offensive ranked team in yeah. the nation, eleventh, yeah. and 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 expect to beat him with our backup quarterback that that hasn't shown us a lot? Well, guess what, man? He Christian Alexander, God bless him, he did a great job. Came in and and Anthony Jones was one of the stories of the year after being shot. No, early I, in the I was year. gonna say all, all I it mean, takes, everything. Everything that happens is a really good running game apparently because Anthony Jones had like three or four touchdowns. Yeah, he had three game. touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was an incredible story, and we didn't think it was gonna happen. We all got emotional in the stands. We. We even, were to much, be honest, I was watching on ESPN. Even they were getting emotional about Anthony yeah, Jones after yeah, his third yeah, touchdown. Yeah, yeah, even they they yeah, were getting into the yeah, whole story. The they whole were story. Yeah, it, was, it was one of those, it was and, a nice thing. And to And by see. the way, he comes back next year. He was given a medical red right. shirt to come back one more year. So okay. Albert, you Which were there. I think so. you deserve that if you get shot in the face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, you deserve the, the, it for the shot in the face exception. No, yeah, exactly. I don't want to make light of it, man. That was that was yeah. serious. And 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 no, the way he came back. It was good to see him perform. It was good to see him perform. So a couple of things about about the bowl game. I didn't know how, how far you guys got into that earlier. Um, no, we didn't. I was saving because I had, I had seen that you were there, <laughs> I, and I brought the shirt, man. I I'd I seen that you were there. Here. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of things about about two things about the bowl game. Number one, I, number one, the the experience as opposed to the game. Right. Right. And number two. 
to Bahamas Bowl or not Bahamas Bowl again in the future. future right, right. So those right. are the two things around that. Number the, the the experience itself, I'm really underscoring the word experience. Right. Because I think that there's an opportunity mm-hmm. to tell the story of the experience that that opens up the welcome committee to people beyond just the game. Because guess what? Last year we lost the game. Yeah. But it was a great experience. It was a great right. experience. It was and, great. and I want to make sure that, you know, everyone knows you should want to be part of this experience. Yeah. Right. Of the, of the which the game is like the last thing, sort of like at the uh-huh. end. Um, but man, it was such a great experience. And of course, when you pair it with a win. Oh, right. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that makes the experience after the game also good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but it, I, I thought I thought it was an awesome, awesome experience. And my, my follow up question on should we go back there again in the future? Do we want to go back there again right. in the future? Uh, before I say that, what do you think about my, my whole experience thing as opposed to just focusing on the game itself? I mean, I mean, the. the, the let me tell you, it was, it was a great event. It was well done by FIU putting on everything that happened at, at the Bahamas was ex- it was great. I will tell you, it did price out a lot of students. It's tough to get the Bahamas and stay in Atlanta. Sure. And it, so the benefit of let's say Tampa last year is we had a lot more fans and students that went there. Sure, However, sure. at the same time, where were they at, at our games during the year? That was one right. of the right. You know, so maybe experiences like this. That bowl games and now the continuity of having another one Definitely. maybe wakes their asses up and gets them to, to go to the stadium yeah. and sit and watch the game. Come you out know? here and then you might actually be interested in going to the Absolutely. Ball the you know, so so I would hope this type of exposure because we were on ESPN, we were the only game in town at that time. Right, yeah. So yeah. so I'm just hoping it becomes an event and going to an FIU game becomes an event. Right. So I'm hoping that those that got to go to the Bahamas, those that saw us on TV, those that might have gone to Tampa last year, start a movement on campus and start a movement among alumni to support their alma mater, for, our, right. for God's sake. So you take yeah. it from there. Yeah, no, I mean, so my experience is a little bit different because I was part of the contingent that went on the cruise right. to get to the exactly. Bahamas. Mm-hmm. He took a cruise to be on the Bahamas, the day of the Bahamas, the cruise, Royal Caribbean, was it? No, Carnival. Carnival. They, they, they got there that day and were there all day. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, I went with a group of, of freaks on the boat, so we were kind of in in our own little sort of multi-day fan experience, um, right? Which was a lot of fun. Like it was great, you know. It was great to be able to travel with them. It was great to be able to to get you know psyched for the game on the way over. Um, I will say this: as someone who's never gone on a cruise before, uh, it's an interesting experience. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. It's not the best time of your life. It's definitely interesting. I yeah. mean, look. There's a lot of Americans that choose not to use the stairs, so I'll just I'll put it like that. Um, <laughs> that's that's and, true about cruises. That's so, really true about cruises. <laughs> but you know you you know you you look at at the opportunity for the players to go out of the country. I think that's like yeah, that was that, great. That not a lot of people really are cognizant of. I had the majority to... of players on both teams had never been out of the country. It's the first time right. they even. Well, you know, uh, Ken Dorsey was talking. I forget what the number was. But he was talking about how many kids got a passport yeah, out of this. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I mean, I had I had to actually. I my passport expired. I had to rush right. to get a new passport. And when I was at the passport agency, there were two players there, and Butch, and one of the assistants. Right. So for, right. for a lot of people, it's the first trip, maybe the only trip they have out of the country. Right. 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 And right. that's you know that that's huge for them. Um, I I'm actually all for going back to the Bahamas. When you think about the, the cost of traveling. If you want to go to the mm-hmm. Bahamas has an international airport. It can handle yeah. 747. It's got major hotels all across Nassau. Yeah. You compare that to places like Shreveport, 
which no, are Shreveport's real, ba- a real secretly a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's going to cost you every bit as much. To You're going to end up flying into New Orleans and renting a car and taking it to Shreveport. Yeah, and and and, and look, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, not nothing it's, against it's, nothing against Tampa, but we've been to Tampa twice, and I, you know, yeah. I, I was happy to go to a bowl game somewhere other than Absolutely. Tampa. Um, so I look. I, I think that the Bahamas is a great location. I obviously would like to go to other locations as well. Right? Yeah, you're I, trying to see other let, places. You know, look, look, let's go back. It's got great resorts. Um, I think if people really want to go there, they can get flights pretty cheaply. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, can, it's not too bad. And 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 they can, there are hotels that are not Atlantis that you can stay at. Yeah, that's that are, that's also true. I feel like that, that, that becomes that are cheaper. You can go like Bahamar or something. That that right? gets lost yeah. in translation when you're talking about the when you're talking about NASA in specific, people think that Atlantis is the only place to stay. I'm saying that with them being the sponsor, one of the sponsors of the bowl game. So for the bowl game itself, I'm not saying don't stay at Atlantis. I'm just saying that right. you know, <laughs> right? plan, plan according plan according to your budget. So one well, thing, okay, go ahead. Go, well, go, so go. one thing I want to say is about because you're you're talking about this experience, and I can see the the joyful expression on all your faces, <laughs> the experience, the experience. Like you're not even really talking about the game because the game ended in a win. No. And I think like the difference is that if the game ends in a win, you're like, man, but the experience is something you have to take with the right, game. They right. were just as good of each other as each other. It's hard to even weigh one against the other, which was better, which was worse. If you lose, you're sitting there like, thank God the experience was oh good. God, right. yes. Because oh this would have been a nightmare if I was in Shreveport and we lost. Because <laughs> imagine being in Shreveport and losing. losing. Tampa, at least you can go home. No, the Bahamas, yeah. at least you're in the Bahamas. Shreveport, you're in Shreveport. <laughs> you're done. That's it. You're, you're, done. Done. you're gonna eat a golden corral and stay at the days in, and that's what you get like, that's the only you're option find a dive bar and see how cheaply you can drink away your sorrow exactly that's yeah. it exactly so at <laughs> least the experience was great if yeah. you lose and i feel like that you know i wasn't in the bahamas with you guys but to answer your question on would you go back to the bahamas feel like why not yeah. you know it, it could be there could be a lot worse places yeah. to play a bowl yeah, game definitely could be i mean yeah you'd love to be in hawaii. dallas playing the cotton oh, bowl but oh, louisiana if you're not tech. gonna yeah. be the bahamas louisiana so tech had to fly hawaii and I'm glad we didn't go because they actually would have put me out. There's no way because of an event I had in Miami that I could and I would have missed my first bowl game. And, Hawaii's a trek. And Hawaii's a trek. If you're, if you're from Miami a to go to trek. Hawaii and play in their home stadium and always play Hawaii, you know, I was like, yeah. I did not want to go to Hawaii. Hawaii could be three and you know three and nine and still play in bowl game. Exactly. Right. No exactly. one else wants to play in Hawaii. It's true. Nobody exactly. wants to play in Hawaii. So, but I mean. A, a, and you don't get a passport out of it. Exactly. At least yeah, I don't true. think you do. You don't it's need true. a passport it's to get to Hawaii, right? It's true. Yeah. No, they're not sovereign anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's so far. Way, I would have game, to bring my passport. Going back to the game, the game was fun, but it started off bad. We were down 10 nothing in a blink. And I'm I like, saw oh that. My God, so, not again. Typical coulda, woulda, shoulda stuff, right. right? And so in the end, the historical record will mark 35-32. Right. But literally, if you take off the first minute, and the, and the last, last minute, minute is true. Right. Yeah. It, it's a route. It, it, it's, it's we a route. By, it, it reduced 17 points. They literally scored their first Well, the last touchdown. minute was bizarre. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The last <laughs> minute was bizarre. <laughs> weird. Because I literally t- stopped watching. The game had just, like, the show had just started. Right, right, right. And while the game was ending, and I was like, oh, okay, perfect, it's over. And I look back up, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, they played like an onside kick with three seconds left. I, I, I just, was like, it was it was wild, incredible. but it yeah. was it was a really incredible. good game. So yeah. how was the stadium there? Wow. It, it, it actually the history of that stadium. It was the Chinese government built it for the Bahamian Bahamian government. Uh, on some type of agreement to get more workers to be able to work in the Bahamas. Okay. It's kind of like it's a it's a football stadium, but it's also a soccer stadium. I figured there was. It soccer has a track involved. and field around it, so I guess they use it for their Olympic events. The problem with that is. I don't know if you know, but the cage, the way the cage was built in FIU, we asked the NCAA, what is the 
the closest the, the fans can be to the possible right. players. Right, well, I noticed that. Because that we're hoping one close. day the old Orange Bowl closed end zone effect, when that becomes a pain in the butt to play in, and the cage right. will be that. Right, right. You know, because it does get very loud. We've had four sellouts at the cage for Duke, UCF, USF, and Rutgers. And Rutgers. When that good. place is full, sold out, <laughs> it is loud. It right. is loud. And no, we I want that to become an occasion and, and, and a regular occasion at that. This was the opposite. We were so far from the field, but really? however, we were loud as hell. We were very loud. People told us, we can hear you in the, in the stands, but, but, but you look far away. We were far away. So, yeah. yeah. It, was a nice, it was a nice experience. It was, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, listen, we went there thinking that there was like 90% chance of torrential downpours. Right, we were told it was going to rain. Right. We were and so, it we was a nice day. Right, and it was a gorgeous day. It was a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. It's one of those. Like, fire the meteorologists. Fire them. Yeah, everything just lines up. Sometimes you Don't know, get me started on meteorologists. It <laughs> <laughs> gets, gets real ugly with you and me and meteorologists. They were saying it's going to rain. You guys are, are there ponchos available? We're asking questions. Yeah. It was a beautiful day. Beautiful day. It was incredible. And And so. I'm going to give a shout-out to Butch Davis on the following. And, I, and I've been, like, geekily nerdy about seeing how many times over the course of the season does he thank the fans. Oh, oh really? He's, yeah. he's, big, he's, he's good at it. He's incredible. He's good, but, like, I, I feel like throughout the course of the season, I mean, he's focused on the game, mm-hmm. his players, so on and so forth. But the fans, I'm like, you know, listen, man, we paid dollars, time, everything to come yeah, out here absolutely. to support the squad, and um, even when they won and they and they and they, and they and they got the trophy, I was listening for the fans, and he didn't say it, but it this is a, it ends in a good way. When he came off the field, the field yeah. towards the FIU side, we're all we're waiting, all there, and yeah. we're chanting F F I I U U right. F I U, and and he he's 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 with his wife, right. And it's the end. It's it's over. Like the whole season, I can just imagine the the the, the pressure of the entire season. It's finally over. Hoist up the the trophy, the win, and here are these fans. Right. And you could tell that he was just touched, and he like kind of touched his heart, and he lifted his hand up, and he was like, right. and he said thank you, and like maybe everybody thought like, oh, he always does this. I'm here to tell you, I've been watching, watching, <laughs> right. And it was at the very end, and it was worth it, man. Right. It was he yeah. was so yeah. candid. And, and he was. Like, I, and I feel like he was really. By happy. Way, I spoke Thank to. I, I spoke to one of the Bahamian folks. We have actually an alumni chapter in the Bahamas, and I was talking to one of their leaders, who works in government and all that stuff. They're saying this is the fifth year we had this bowl game, right? Right. Bahamas bowl is a brand. It's a new. Yeah, very phenomenon, new, very new. Right. He said that we had the best attendance of any one single team representing each individual team. They've had because what they do is. They they sell tickets to both schools, and then when it's sure. when it's all d- said and done, they sell the rest of the local Bahamian people to come in. Okay, you know, and they told us we had the best numbers. The FIU side, Toledo didn't have a lot of fans, right? But but we had the best numbers of any single team that had in their out of all the five Bahamas bowls, we had the best attendance. Nice. So we, we are to Toledo's nightmare. Yeah. They no. Yeah. To, that, yeah. We beat them. They, 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 they really them. didn't ask for that. Like, yeah. it, <laughs> well, they got really the fact that we're two and two and our two wins are against them. Yeah, no. Yeah. 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 Yeah, They're yeah. opting out. They're no, really exactly. going to a bowl game. Yeah. If, yeah. If, we're not if, playing FIU. We're just and by the way, on bowl, bowl game, they've taken leads, and then we've come back and beaten them both right. times. Both times. Both times. And this one was more comprehensive than the last time. Last time right. we had a hook and ladder. Yeah, we had it all. And this was like, no, 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 no. No, once we once the mistakes were yep. out of the way, yep. we just steamrolled. No, yeah, yeah. And, and they, they took off. I mean, like you said, if you take out the first minute and the last minute, 
Yeah, we it was really it was really a route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys tell Frankie about La Maleta? Oh no, no. we hadn't gotten to that. That's right. Oh so we had we did have some adventures in getting <laughs> getting to the state. Like my thirty seven minute flight took four hours, but for for oh. different reasons. But we had one of uh, we had a a charter flight. Of alumni and so well, this he wasn't part of the charter flight. He took his own Bahamian Air flight. Yeah. We had a bunch of alums from uh, one of the freaks that was delayed upon delayed upon delayed. When he got to the airport, it was already like the beginning of the like the beginning of the game. By the time he got to the game, it was like the second quarter. Right. He didn't even go to the hotel. He goes taking straight to. The, he shows up to the game with his with, with his luggage, full maleta. luggage, his maleta. Oh was full. man! And they let him in, and he walked in, and he's rolling. In they let him in. You're there. They and let him in. That's they so, let him in. And that we does have not pictures. go down to America. We have pictures it's, it's of him. That does not go down in America. Right. You get your so whole. We had, he had to bring a like seat. a small clear purse <laughs> yeah, into, right, into exactly. games in America. And he had a seat, and next to him is the next seat was his maleta. That's hilarious. Hysterical. That's great. So. To, just to draw a point of comparison, if you see the security that you usually have at an American football event, right. it's, you know, some, like, CSC event staff person, maybe a few off-duty cops. Yeah, yeah. They had military police outside of the stadium, so <laughs> I don't I don't think they were worried about JC's luggage, the guys that are out there toting around M16s. Like, we, we got this. <laughs> we'll, we'll take care of him. We don't, I'm really not worried about that guy. Um, no, but that, I'm glad you guys – I mean, I was glad you guys won, obviously. I'm glad FIU won. But I was I was glad you guys enjoyed the the experience, and I'm glad you got away with a win in order because like the experience becomes like heavy hearted. It's still nice and everything, but if yeah. you lose, it kind of comes with that yeah. with that stain on it. Yes, yep. to yeah. leave with a win, it's kind of like that perfect trip. Yeah, well, so and, I'm and glad again, you, you win a bowl that. game, it creates momentum for the next year. Absolutely, and you go back and we talk. We were talking a little bit earlier. Uh, up to the recruiting at FIU, what Butch Davis is no, doing. No, so we can talk about that too. His control. It's been really impressive. What I Butch mean, Davis it's just, been a, and it's just, a, he, that's what he's known for, and that's what he's doing again. So I tell anyone in South Florida, if you want to hear good recruiting, I mean, you got his his staff is just all really all over the place. Not just from Miami. He's got plenty of guys from here. No, they're but you're finding great. guys from, from the Central Florida, from Central Florida, from and other he's states. He's doing great with the transfer portal too. Uh, yeah. He has a quarterback, which is new in. to him. What's his new? What's the quarterback's name? The guy that got uh, from Tennessee, Stone, Stone Norton. Uh, Norton. Yeah, Stone Norton. And he's he was Mister Football well, in Tennessee. Tennessee yeah. No, yeah, no. I, I mean, he I, broke I, I all these records, today. and he comes in at a perfect time. You've got a guy like James Morgan, a seasoned veteran, right? Was on playing his last year, and this guy's coming in, and he's got he's got the size. He's got the, the gun. No, definitely. No, I mean, he's just now creating, hopefully, and I, I'm being selfish and I'm dreaming, but dreaming is free, will be the next quarterback you. Why not? No, Why yeah, can't yeah. I, we, we, I'm, I'm completely on board with dreaming. I'm a Dolphins fan. <laughs> so I, I, I live every day in a, in a dream about how yeah. Brian Flores is the guy, and yeah, he's going to yeah, lead yeah. us to Super Bowls, and that's cool. <laughs> and at least at least I'll get to see Super Bowls eventually, whether it's Brian Flores, Adam Gates. Now, somebody. Frankie, I will tell you this. We were a little nervous when I all the stuff was happening at UM, and no. their coach retires, and they're going through all their So chaos. what do you think happened there? Because there are a few... I think he had to fire his son. Yeah, I think that guy, they that. Might, from what I hear that. But we were worried when all that transpired and it was going down that they were going to come in and grab Butch and take him back to Miami because of all the th great things doing. There was definitely you. a little bit of talk about Butch. You heard it. Yeah. Former players saying it. Exactly. Like, oh, a lot of people were talking about we whether or not nervous. Butch was on have, was on the list. We were nervous. They have too much. They have too much pride for that. They couldn't be seen taking someone from FIU. Yeah. No. Because that would that would. Well, apparently they were begging Ken Dorsey to get over there. That would. He ended up taking a job somewhere else. Appalachian State. Yeah, yeah, Appalachian State. State. At, at Appalachian State. Um, yeah. You know, look, I'll, here, here are my thoughts as to what happened with Mark Rick, and maybe they were asking him to fire his son. But at the end of the day, UM ran 
off one of their own. Right. Right. The fans have yep. the fans of that school have unrealistic expectations every year as far as <laughs> what they can achieve. Right. When they say, "Oh, when we were really good, we didn't have the biggest budget." Fine. I'll give that to you. You did not have the same budget as Notre Dame. But the difference was you had a budget of 16 million and they had a budget of 21 million. Right. Today you have a budget of 89 and Alabama got a budget of 175. Right. So this is a different game. And the issue is this. You can go out there. Yeah, you can hire a head coach. You can pay him $4 million. You can pay him $5 million. Right. You can match the head coaching salary right. for some of these schools. I mean, now, you know, Saban gets like $11 million with bonuses. Right. But you can match the head coaching salary, but you can't pay the staff. Right. You can't have that payment. And that's that's the difference. So, I mean, what Absolutely. You, and, I mean, and, 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 and that that's really what it is. They want to win national championships, and they simply won't. They right. don't have the facilities. Mm-hmm. They don't no, have absolutely. the money. They can't build out the staff. So you're competing for just having a good season, which is fine, right. Right. by the way. Most teams, outside of 20 teams in the NCAA that can that are, that are money makers, no one's competing for a national title. Right. So right. they're competing for respect. They don't understand that. And because of that, they ran off, they ran off Ricked. I won't say they ran off Golden because Golden was a me- very mediocre coach. Randy Shannon ran off Randy Shannon, who's one of their own. Who's right. one of their own? Randy Shannon so, is one of their own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was talk about him and, showing and up. We've talked back about too. it. We've talked about it before. The landscape of Florida college football is different. And apparently, We're, Mario Cristobal was yeah this close to having that job. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, he was real close. And then, and then I the, guess the buyout I think was huge at Oregon. So yeah, like ten million bucks. Or that was huge. And I, I. The the way it like uh, the why way would, it, but why would he leave Oregon? Why would he leave Oregon? That's no, I, I don't you've see. Got, I don't see why. You got legitimate fans that love and, the program. And you have an outstanding quarterback. You have an outstanding quarterback, which you is have, a great place to you, build you, off. Yeah, of exactly. You, you have, have Phil Nike, Knight. You have Nike, Nike money <laughs> no, all yeah. the time. All uh, the time. You and fill the stadium whether you're playing Little Sisters of the Poor or or a big power five power. They Outson. Outson. So, so you have everything. Why would you leave? Which is the loudest stadium in college football? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say it, it's supposed to be a super hard place to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I completely agree. Why would you leave? But you know, so. I, only because of a huge tie that you feel like you yeah. have to Miami. And, and, that that sure would be the only reason you get out of there. You know, but 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 I but I think um, I go back. The landscape has changed. This isn't the '80s and '90s anymore. No, You're not, absolutely. The big three don't reign anymore. That is now the big three is really that you got the 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 old three. And you got seven FBS schools in the state now, right? And mm-hmm. players will be found. Where in any of those FBS schools, you will be found, right? You know? so, so I'm going to use that exact same Go. argument to argue with with uh, with Jules right. about his his position on UCF. Mm-hmm. The reason I think that the, the support of UCF in the context of them carrying the flag for G5 is valid for FIU, it's because it's proof that you can do it in Florida. Right, so okay. if this was happening in some other school in some other state, like, oh, great for the broader G five. But right. the question will still be, but that could never happen in Florida, where right. you have the FIU, shadow uh, UF, of F- FSU, 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 FSU right? But the fact that it is happening in Florida is proof of performance for right. the rest of us that right. it can happen in this. I feel like footprint. TCU kind of has that same effect too, because yeah. the fact yeah. that yeah. TCU could do that in Texas with Texas, with Texas Tech, with Texas, Texas A&M, right. Right. even SMU and Houston being yeah. decent yeah. schools yeah. on, yeah. on yeah. regular right occasion, the border, you right? Know. Exactly. right? Absolutely, right, right. It's so just, I feel it's like more it's, like that than like when Boise is like Boise, who else is there? What's going on there? Right, which I think is why TCU ends up getting invited into the Big Twelve is because they were able to make a name for themselves. In Texas, right? right. Yeah, 
Right. Even and, Baylor. Baylor was Baylor's a great school yeah, every and, now and then and, too. And I, I totally get that. I my issues and I, I do not begrudge their success. I think it's great that they've been successful. I just want to be able to participate in that. And I think if they have continued total runaway success, it makes it harder for us. No, absolutely. Like I said, and, you can't let them run away with the flag. And, yeah. and the other it's thing, cool that someone's carrying it. Yeah. And the other thing is, once again, TCU and Boise said, we'll play anyone, anywhere, anytime. And UCF just hasn't done that. And that, to me, right. is a problem. Right. Did you guys look look at the schedule for next year? No, we, we no, just I talked about saying. Tulane and Miami outside of that. So, I, I, But my thing is, I told Frankie, I'm worried. I would have rather played UM early. And when they're on right, settle, but, you know, the different I dis- takes. I disagree. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I just, That's I, why we're freaks. To be honest, I think it, I think it could just... It, so the way I saw UM, like if you look at their season last season, and if you look at their season the year before, is you see them, well, obviously this past season they lost to LSU, but then they take off and win a few straight. Because they play like some teams, they're able to pick up momentum against Savannah State and some yeah. other bad teams. FIU could end up in the middle of that momentum and kind of get steamrolled, or you wait till UM inevitably trips, right? And then they lose three or four straight because they're you know fed up and they also go to the beach every other day, so they don't really care. And because Nikosi Perry's an idiot. Exactly. Mm. There's dude. It, that's another thing. UM fans kill me. So Malik Malik Rocher, everyone hates him. You hate him. You want to run him out of town. Nikosi Perry starts starting, and everyone's like, "This guy is so good." And I'm sitting there, kind of from like a less biased point of view, just like, "He's really small." Doesn't seem like he can read any kind of defense, and or even a book, and really just only <laughs> pat and like even even in a good game, like in his better games, he went like eight for twelve, or like you know nine for fourteen. Like he's not really throwing more than 15, 16 times a game. Nothing he's done has really impressed me at all, and I'm scared he's gonna get snapped in half. No. Yeah, I, and then as soon as he makes a mistake, now everybody is with a pitchfork in Nikosi Perry's house. Like <laughs> everyone wants to murder Nikosi Perry, get rid of him. Yeah. He's got a bad attitude with the fifty grand yeah. on his lap thing. Everyone's going nuts about Nikosi Perry. He was the savior away from Malik Rozier yeah, right. until he did something. Oh, until he had a bad <laughs> game, and then everyone wants to murder him. And now we want that other guy. I forget his name. Uh, Williams, the yeah. the guy who was a redshirt all year. Now we're pissed at Mark Rick for not taking the redshirt off of Williams. Right. Because he's the guy now. We know that he'll be the guy always, because Perry and Rozier suck. <laughs> exactly. And it just, it, it's, UM fans kill me. I mean, look, we Meanwhile, that, we have James Morgan, the best quarterback, playing right now in the state of Florida. I mean, look, we made that mistake with Jake Medlock. Um, yeah, we did. When, when we're like, you know what? West Carroll's not doing well in yeah, the we, same people. We had a, we had a Let's beach. get him out of there. Let's get Jake Medlock, who once again, no offense to Jake, yeah. not the sharpest tool in the shed. Strong. Right. Big arm, right? But I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, look, he was—he is a a physical specimen that was not good at making decisions on the football field. Right. I would say when Nikosi Perry's not good at making decisions on the football field or off the football field. Well, right. yeah, right. That, so, that's another. I—I yeah, I mean, that's one of those things. Like, look, you, you got a guy who's who's not that smart, and the as a football player. Now, I, I don't. I look, he. He, he, he shows that he's not smart as a football player. And that's one of those things where, look, I'd like to have that guy get rattled during the uh, season because that's someone that would more likely more likely right. to make mistakes later if things don't start going well. Right. Well, what, what I'm looking forward for next year since we're I, – I, I, we're, I'm looking forward for FIU to go on a roll from the start. Right. No, like, like, I, I mean, I think with FIU, that's probably the way you guys end up going. Tulane, is, Tulane becomes an important game because it, there's, it's a known entity. Also, if we're not playing 
some uh, uh, an FCS school where it's in, in, not that they're a powerhouse, but they have a new stadium. I, you know, they have their own stadium now. Yeah, they're yeah, no I went there. Real. I went there. The Yeoman. How, how is it nice? Is it is it, it is, far? It is, from, is it small. far from campus? No, it's on campus. It's on campus. It's on campus. So, it's on campus. So, in the so, Garden District. Right, I dare. So, yeah, so yeah, it's going to be right fun. I lived in New Orleans. Yeah, he went so to Loyola, I've been to Yeoman. Loyola, I've been to Yeoman Stadium. Right. So I'm looking forward to starting the season beating a an, a, an a, a, AAC team and get just getting on a roll. I really, really think next year could be special. What do you guys think? Well, this this is so I'm going to try to put a bow tie on uh-huh. on these on these thoughts. Generally, the normal construct of scheduling is mm-hmm. that you play your out of conference first and then go in conference. Right, right. And when you're a G5 school, that means those Power Five are going to be front loaded on your calendar. Right, right. right. And so going 4 and 0 at a conference before you go in conference is just usually not the likely outcome. Right. 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 So you already know that you're probably going to go into your conference with play a loss or something. with an L or two likely. Right. right. Likely. Right. No, that's a fair. So this year, the right. season that's coming, mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time, the way the cookie crumbled scheduling wise. Right. Right. M- well, I'll call it the murderer's row of the calendar or the schedule is on the end, not the front. Right. Yeah, I would right, say yeah. the same. Right. I'm looking at the schedule right, right. now. So you're looking at at, at at FAU, UM, or UM, FAU, Marshall. And then Marshall. Right? right. So those three games are on the back end. Therefore, for the first time, the look and the attention that right. comes from being really, really good record-wise. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Eight and one. Right. Seven and two, nine and oh, dare I right, say? Right. right. You're going <laughs> into I that. Say. You go into those <laughs> last three games yeah. sporting that kind of record. Resume. Right. And now you face UM. Right. First of all, to your record, if you take the L, isn't isn't catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you win, it validates the right. entire record going into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right. And right. so for right. that reason, and it was like a, just an anomaly of the way the thing, the cookie crumbled going into next season, I'm like, man, the 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 the, the, the table's set. Yeah. The table's no, the table's set I, for you guys. I, I, I will have to figure out the cost of beating you because you know I'll have to be medicated once that happens. <laughs> how much is the insurance covering my medication? Because I will need medication if that happens. And and, and I gotta say, I, I like the fact that at the point in the season that it's taking place, puts you closer to when teams play their traditional rivals. Right. And and as much as they don't view us as a rival. No, you are to them. No. I mean, I mean, this is especially or if we win. They are to you. They are to especially you. if it, if we win, it creates a true crosstown rivalry. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, I got to thank you for being here. Uh, Six o'clock. Fun. Always flies yeah, t- by. Time flies here. But um, Albert, thank I'm sorry you weren't here for that long. I, all good, but I, I called in. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was fun. Yeah. We, were on the, we, had, we had you on the phone for like 20 minutes, and then you ended up showing up. It's funny because the phone was on until Eddie said that you were here, and I was like, oh, well, check it out. He hung up. I didn't even notice. <laughs> Look at that. Outstanding. But um, thank, thank you guys for being here. We'll, we'll be thank on you. again when something pause big comes up. up. You pause, pause up. up. And go FIU basketball. It's been going pretty good this year. So that's. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you for listening. Remember to catch this interview and this podcast. I'll send it to you guys on Twitter and everything. Right. We'll on Twitter word. and Instagram at Frankie underscore B-E-S-B. And also on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Facebook at Burnt Eggs and Soggy Bacon. Uh, same time tomorrow with Tony Bosch at 4 o'clock here on WSQF The Blink Radio, 94.5 FM. 
Burn Texas Hockey Bacon in the Kitchen with Frankie, Eddie, Jules, and Alberto. Guys, thank you for being here again. Love being here. You guys, remember, be back same time, same place tomorrow. Don't do anything I wouldn't do and get home safe. Here is Blue Traveler's Runaround. Enjoy.